Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e yoski piataya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis piataya posnapi notaman and e hisikimaka e yoso matnamineho kihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast with your host, Gary Dodge. And Sheena Wapoos. On this episode, we have Vaughn Bowles, um, the public information specialist for the Incident Command Center for the Menominee Tribe, here to speak about the coronavirus. So, um, Vaughn, what is COVID-19 or otherwise known as coronavirus. So the coronavirus or COVID-19 is a new virus uh, that was identified in November of 2019 uh, in Wuhan, China. And it's similar to a cold or a flu virus in its structure. Um, So that's why they call it a coronavirus. That describes the shape of the virus. Um, Do you know how it spreads? Yeah, so COVID-19 is a respiratory virus, so it spreads uh, the way a cold or a flu would, coughing, sneezing, um, laughing in what are called respiratory droplets. Every time we speak, tiny little particles of water come out of our mouths. It's kind of disgusting to think about at times, but these can float in the air and the virus can remain suspended in the air for about three hours. Um, which is its primary form of spreading. Uh, These droplets can also land on surfaces, computers, TVs, desks, remotes, phones, whatever, um, and can remain viable or able to infect someone for up to nine days in some cases. So that's the primary form of spread. Um, It can also be spread by touching something that's contaminated and putting it in your face or sharing food, drinks, things like that, standing too close to people, things like that. So what are the symptoms of coronavirus? So the symptoms are are pretty similar to a cold or a flu. Um, People usually experience a fever, uh, a dry cough, uh, shortness of breath or like difficulty breathing. Uh, They also experience fatigue and muscle aches. Uh, And those are the majority of symptoms that people have. So um, what are the uh, risks with this virus? So unlike a cold or a flu, the coronavirus is, is much more uh, lethal. Um, it has a tendency to cause pneumonia in, in patients. Uh, about 9% of the cases that catch this end up in a hospital visit. Um, and currently worldwide, uh, about 3 to 3.5% of the cases actually die from this. Now, just to put that into perspective... About 0.1% of people that get the flu die from the flu. So this is between, you know, 17 to 34 times more deadly than the flu, depending on what part of the world you're in. Right now, the U.S. has held their mortality rate to about 1.8%, but that's still 18 more times deadly than the flu. So it's, it's definitely something that needs to be taken serious, especially when you consider that it spreads, you know, just as easily or more so than the flu. So I know that there are some people that are more likely to have severe complications. Um, what are what are those uh, demographics? So, yeah, you bring up a good point. Some of the people that are more susceptible to uh, this type of virus are obviously the elderly, um, those that are immunocompromised in any way, whether they have like a chronic medical condition or taking any sort of medication that kind of... Uh, 
dials down their immune system and um, individuals that are also chronically fatigued, people that aren't sleeping nearly enough, working too hard, also put themselves at extreme risk for contracting the virus. So are there any um, tips on stopping or slowing the spread of the coronavirus? Yeah, and you'd treat it a lot like you would for the flu or the cold. You'd want to stay at least six feet away, preferably eight feet away from people when you're um, within a, an enclosed room or in a social um, situation. Uh, you want to avoid going to public places unnecessarily, the movies, the mall, even the grocery store if you can avoid it. Uh, you want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep uh, between 10 and 12 hours for a kid, uh, between 7 and 9 hours for an adult. Uh, a lot of people don't get that, and so it's one of the reasons that people catch the virus on a very frequent basis. Um, another thing to consider is uh, making sure you're getting a, a, a lot of vitamins in your diet, making sure you're not touching your face or brushing against it. Um, also, if you're coughing or sneezing, cough and sneeze into your elbow or into your sleeve. Uh, if you know that's not available, cough into a tissue and throw it away. Um, but the biggest thing, the absolute number one thing, is wash your hands frequently. Soap and water at least 20 seconds. And if you don't have that available, use hand sanitizer frequently. Um, so <clears throat> what are some of the things that the tribe is doing for its employees during this time? So this last Friday, the tribe declared a state of emergency. Um, it was ratified by the tribal legislature. Uh, some of the things that it is is working to do right now is close some of our non-essential departments. Uh, they've closed the tribal school down. Um, they're also working on stopping uh, travel for tribal employees because one of the risks is if you travel on an airplane, the CDC or the Center for D uh, Disease Control is actually warned that it's an enclosed space and being in those spaces for extended periods of time puts you at risk. Um, especially when you start thinking about everyone else on that plane has come from an airport with people from all over the, that, you know, have exposure to orders of magnitude, more people, essentially. So they're limiting travel. Um, they're also doing their best right now to um, kind of stockpile supplies, food and medicines and stuff uh, that they can distribute to tribal members if they become ill, if they have to be isolated or quarantined um, for specific reasons. And um, they're also trying to uh, increase their public uh, outreach and public education, like the interview we're having right now, um, and their presence on social media to educate some people how they can best prevent the spread of the disease here. How should um, tribal employees who provide services uh, deal with tribal members who come from the hotspot cities to get services? So right now, the employees that are, are coming back from hotspots are being asked to quarantine. The technical definition is if someone is healthy but has come from an area with known cases of the disease, they isolate themselves until either um, they exhibit symptoms or until the time is passed uh, that they would have expressed the symptoms. In the case of the coronavirus, people usually start exhibiting symptoms about 5 to 14 days after they're exposed to it. Uh, but the problem with the coronavirus is that people spread the disease the most when they don't have symptoms. So they become infected. They're not coughing. They're not sneezing. They don't have a fever. And so they're walking around, you know, licking their hands or touching things, every, everything <laughs> that makes us all creepy and, and whatnot. Anyway, they're touching things and they contaminate things. So that's when it spreads the most. And so people that are coming back from hotspots are being asked to remain home. Or if their kids are exhibiting those symptoms, they're being asked to stay home with their kids and potentially not infect 
their office or their coworkers. Okay. Um, I think uh, what we we're trying to get to was um, like say if uh, like somebody from the tribal community came in, but they were recently in like Dane County or one of these hotspot cities that came in for services to the tribe. Like how should that tribal employee interact with that person? In those cases where they're coming back and we may or may not know if they've been exposed to a case and you'd want to practice what they call social distancing that we talked about earlier, making sure there's, you know, six to eight feet between the two of you that you're not directly handling the same items um, and that if anyone is coughing or sneezing, you promptly wash your hands and stuff afterwards. So it's practicing good hygiene, practicing common sense, and, and trying to avoid getting sick. So what are some other basic tips for the tribal community at large, not just employees, but their, the community? The community at large, the first thing I'd say is don't panic um, because panic causes all kinds of bad situations, fights in stores over toilet paper, things like that. On the flip side of that, um, they also recommend, the CDC also recommends um, stocking up on supplies and stuff in case you are stuck at home for any reason. Have 14 days of food and water on hand in case you need it. Any sort of medications that you may need, um, whether those are prescribed or non-prescribed. Um, to help with this effort, the, the tribal clinic is actually extending the amount of time that people can get their prescription medications. Uh, they're also... Um, changing the operations of the clinic so people that do have to come to the clinic um, are exposed as, as minimally as possible to other individuals in that area. Um, and I, I would also really recommend trying to stay as, as informed as possible about the situation. Because the virus is new, uh, the information is changing about it every single day. And so I would, I would also recommend the general public to stay as informed as possible, whether it's through local news um, or, or national news. Okay, so um, some questions from the community. Uh, in the case of a coworker being sick, what are the criteria for them to call in or be sent home? So as part of the emergency response that the tribal legislature um, enacted, any individual that is, is sick or has a family member that is sick, is supposed to work from home if possible. They're, they should notify their department head, um, their employer, about the situation. But the, the requirement for a doctor's note has actually been um, laxed. It's, it's, it's been put on hold for now. Um, and so you should call and notify your provider that you're experiencing symptoms. Um, if you feel you need to come in, they will, they will notify you of that. Um, but contact your employer let them know how you're feeling or how your family member is feeling. Let them know the situation, and they will work with you as best as possible to make sure you can work remotely from home and minimize contact with others. Our second question from the community that was submitted is, <clears throat> who is responsible to monitor employees reporting to work sick if the supervisor refuses and allows them to remain at work? Okay, so... Supervisors, um, we've asked that all supervisors and department heads be really flexible with this situation. They should be letting their employees work from home when and if possible. Um, the tribal administration and the tribal legislature and incident command are actually monitoring those cases where we have people out, and so we're trying to track our employees that aren't able to come in. Um, and so we're also still setting up that um, that command structure and that, that tracking, so that's kind of an evolving situation on our end. 
Okay, another one would be uh, for community members who work off the reservation, what can they do to make sure their health is protected? So they can practice those things of hand washing, social distancing, um, making sure they're resting enough, staying home and out of public areas and stuff as much as possible. That's the, the best thing that they can do to protect themselves while they're off the reservation. Um, the next question was, what will be done for parents of children that do not have time to take off work and can't afford to go without pay? So part of the declaration of emergency is um, the legislature and the, the administration, they understand people and the financial situation here. And so individuals that have to stay home because of illness or taking care of family members um, currently will continue to be paid. Um, the tribe's working on the financials of how that's going to work out. But right now, no one's going to be, you know, put off work without, you know, pay or leave and stuff. They understand that this is different than any other situation that the tribe's been in before. And so they want to make sure that families can continue to make sure they have their necessities and stuff. Our final question um, is, obviously, we want to protect our elders. And the question is regarding who um, or what number to contact if elders need assistance. So in this case, they'd need to call the aging department. The number for that is 715-799-5897. And I'm glad they brought up the elders because the elders are actually the ones that are most susceptible to this disease. Um, The majority of cases that end up in the hospital are over 60 years old. The majority of the fatalities that have happened in the United States are over 80 years old. So that's the demographic that is actually at most risk. Um, So I'm glad they asked about how we can protect our elders. It should be noted that um, there haven't been any fatalities in the U.S. for anyone under the age of 18 currently. Um, And just because children and youth are less susceptible to the disease um, doesn't mean we shouldn't protect them. And it doesn't mean that they should... um, be free to run around in public and stuff. They should also be, you know, practicing the social distancing um, and the self-quarantine if needed uh, so they can protect their family members and their elders. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, thanks for having me today. I uh, really enjoyed this and love to just sit down with you guys again sometime. Wyoming for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Follow us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. And uh, with this COVID-19 being an ongoing situation, continue submitting your questions to podcast at MITW.org, and uh, we can answer more questions.